0: Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome in. Welcome to episode 51. Starting the back half of, you know, starting the next 50 episodes to 100. Uh, and, and we're on track for that. I hope you guys all had a great Christmas. I certainly did. We've got the new year coming up in a couple days, so I hope you guys are getting your figuring out your New Year's resolutions. Um, That's the thing about New Year's resolutions is nobody sticks to them, hardly ever. Uh, You talk about, oh, you know, you want to work out, or you want to change this in your life, and it doesn't always tend to work out that way. You do it for the first couple weeks, maybe a month, and then you kind of just get lazy with some stuff. But yeah, but I hope you guys all had a great Christmas. I hope you guys all have a great New Year. Today is, it's the 29th, it's the semifinals for the college football playoffs, so I'm going to be making my prediction for that later on um, Christmas day games have passed in the NBA. So that means the real season is going to start happening and, and the real teams are going to start emerging from the pack and trades are going to be more prominent. We're going to see more trade talk, uh, throughout the NBA playoffs are literally right there for the NFL. Most seeds have already been set uh, and some teams have already clinched the playoffs. It's just a matter of what seed they get. Um, a- AFC is crazy. We're going to get into that later in the show um, with some of those matchup predictions. The AFC is wild. There's a team that you would be surprised. Uh, they, they could land the second seed and you would be absolutely shocked at who they are. But uh, let's jump right in to episode 51. And we'll start into. We'll start with the NBA. Um, so I was talking about last week, uh, we talked about, you know, you don't want to get trapped in life, especially in, you know, in, in the NBA where you sign injury-prone players to these max deals. And I was talking about Chris Paul, referencing him. And I, I mentioned LeBron James and how he's the most durable athlete in history and I thought this was kind of ironic literally not too long after I after that episode on Christmas Day against the Warriors in a game which the Lakers won by the way uh, LeBron got injured (laughs) and he uh, strained his groin and he's going to be out at least a couple games but supposedly it was just minor no structural damage uh and you know should be just considered day to day so that's really good news but i just thought that was kind of ironic that i mentioned that that he's the most durable player ever and then he gets injured so just thought that was kind of funny um but really something that i that i really noticed um over the last week or so over my over my Christmas break, uh, the NBA issued a tampering warning um, to all teams in the NBA about tampering with players who are under contract. Um, I think this is pretty clear who this is about. It's about Anthony Davis. It's directed towards the Lakers. Now, no one's tampered with anything. LeBron hasn't tampered with anything. They, LeBron did go out to, with, to dinner with Anthony Davis after their after they played the Pelicans um, a little bit ago or like a week or so ago um but i don't think that's i don't think that's tampering i think that's just it can look like that and certainly it could be you know a little bit of talk in there lebron trying to recruit a little bit but number one there's no way to prove that and number two nba players hang out all the time they hang out all the time during the off season they hang out all the time during the season even. I, I, it, that's just the way the league is. And the NBA is supposed to be a star-driven league, m- more so than any other sport in the world. It's supposed to be a star-driven driven league. And as soon as these players, you know, try to, the, these stars try to, you know, recruit players or Try to do things to to make their teams better, bring in other guys. You know, NBA owners kind of shame that, and then that's where these tampering warnings come in. And I think it's a star driven league, but the owners won't let it be a star driven league at at certain uh, to a certain extent. And I think it would be much different if. Like obviously, all these NBA owners are are pointing this towards the Lakers and LeBron. But if this had happened to, let's say, like the Sixers, everyone would be pointing like that. That Sixers GM would certainly um, want his players to be able to do that. So I mean, it's just a double standard that goes both ways for all all NBA owners. You don't want other players to do it, but you want your own to do it. You know, it's. It's weird how that works, but it is what it is. All right, so as I mentioned, the college football playoff semifinals are today. Alabama taking on Oklahoma and Clemson taking on Notre Dame. Um, uh, these this, this playoff, I think, is going to be really, really good. Uh, I think this is going to be one of the better playoffs we've had since the first playoff where Ohio State beat out Oregon for the championship in a, in a college football playoff that a lot of people thought Ohio State shouldn't be in. Um, but we got Alabama taking on Oklahoma. Oklahoma's got a high-powered offense. One of the best offenses in the country. Heisman Trophy winner, Kyler Murray. And then, you know, Oklahoma's defense They couldn't stop a nosebleed if they tried. Alabama is just really good all around. Alabama is good with Jalen Hurts or Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, Either one of them could go out there and win a game. And their defense is just absolutely NFL level. Um... I mean, Alabama is just really 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 good. And I find it I would it would be really surprising to me if Oklahoma was able to upset the Crimson Tide. I just don't see it. I think I just uh, Oklahoma's defense is the problem. I think Kyler Murray's going to be able to put, you know, 30 points on on the Crimson Tide, but I don't think I don't think Oklahoma's defense can hold Alabama to under thirty. I think it's gonna be like a like a forty forty-five to thirty game. That's what I really honestly think. A forty-five to thirty game, I don't think that Oklahoma can keep up defensively with Alabama. And then number two Clemson versus number three Notre Dame. This is a really good matchup. I don't really know what to expect from Notre Dame because you know, they didn't have a conference championship. They kinda got in by default. I'm really interested to see how they do. If there's ever gonna be an upset, I think this is the one. Um, Clemson, you know, recently there was there's reports that, that came out that some defensive players, Dexter Lawrence and others, uh failed drug tests and they're gonna be suspended for the game. That's huge. And because of that reason, I'm going to take Notre Dame in this game in an upset, and then we're going to have Alabama taking on Notre Dame for the national championship. That's what I believe is going to happen. I think those suspensions are going to be too much to overcome for Clemson. We're going to have Alabama versus Notre Dame in the college football playoff national championship. All right, so after this college football season, uh Kyler Murray, the Heisman Trophy winner for Oklahoma, he's planning to go play baseball. He was drafted in the first round uh, by the Oakland Athletics. And if he went to the NFL, he, he'd he probably be a first-round pick as well. I wouldn't take him in the first round um, just simply because of his size. He's only about 5'8", 5'9". And he's very athletic. He's much more athletic than Baker Mayfield was. But I just think at the NFL level, he's going to struggle seeing over some of those big offensive and defensive linemen, and I'm just not sure how good he would be. Obviously, we'd have to, you know, see for ourselves. But um, a, lo- a lot of people are talking about, you know, whether or not he should play football, play baseball. There's a lot of debate about it. Um, and if you if you're looking at it from the from the money aspect. You know, a lot of people would say, oh, you should go play baseball. You can make a lot more money in baseball and you can play a longer career. You can, uh, you can, you know, the money's guaranteed. There's not as many injuries. Um, you know, injuries aren't as frequent and, and all that. But, and then if you look at the NFL, you know, you the average NFL career is, think the number's around four, four, four seasons or so. Um, injuries, much more prominent. You know, you have the history of CTE and former NFL players. Um, And the money in the NFL, it's not all guaranteed. But if you're looking at it like this, in the NFL, you can make more money early on in your career if you're a first-round talent compared to baseball. Baseball, you don't really start making good money until after you're... Your rookie deals up after the first five years, and then if you're a good player, then you can make, you know, those hundred million dollar. You can make a hundred million dollars worth on on a contract, two hundred million dollars, three hundred million dollars, and that all of that's completely guaranteed. There's no strings attached on any of it. Whereas in the NFL when you're drafted, if you're drafted in the first round, you automatically start making millions of dollars. And your rookie deal is about four or five years, depending on your position, depending on your draft, uh, where you were drafted in the first round, you could be making, you know, over $10 million and you can make that right away. And then if you're a quarterback like Kyler Murray would be, he could be making in the neighborhood of 20 to $35 million on his first big contract. So if you're looking for immediate money in, in the short term, millions of dollars, the NFL would be the right move if you want to get money quickly. In the, in the MLB, it's, it's, you make a small amount of money to start out, you know Aaron Judge I think made 600 grand this season and he's one of the best players in baseball and he's going to be coming up for a big contract pretty soon Bryce Harper's probably probably going to make 300 million dollars here this year he's probably going to go um to the LA Dodgers the Dodgers traded uh, Yasiel Puig and and uh, uh, someone else to the Reds for some prospects and uh, and Homer Bailey, a, a pitcher. Um, so they cleared up some space. Bryce Harper's likely going to be a Dodger. That's what my impression is. That's what a lot of people think. He's going to make th- in the neighborhood of $300 million. I think long term, if you're a good baseball player, you can make a ton of money and all of it's going to be fully guaranteed. In the NFL, you can make a lot of money more quickly in your first couple of seasons, but not all of it's going to be guaranteed in your upcoming contracts. And certainly your career could be shorter. And you may not you may not be that good of a football player. You might be a bust. And that's the one thing with football is that if Kyler Murray does decide to go play football, if he goes and plays football... And you find out he's not that good, he's probably already banked $20 million in a couple seasons. And if he's not that good, you know, if he's proven that he's, you know, he is too undersized to play the quarterback position and he's just not that good, he can always go back to baseball and make that money there. I mean, he could do that. But ultimately, you know, I don't think it should be up to us to debate whether or not, you know, he chooses baseball or football. I think obviously it's up to him. And, you know, if it were up, if it were up to me and this was my decision and like I I had the choice to go play baseball or go play football and I was going to be a first round talent in both, to me, it comes down to what do I, what do I love? What does Kyler Murray love? What do you love? what do you see yourself doing when you wake up in the morning? Do you see yourself playing baseball? Do you see yourself playing football? Do you see yourself playing basketball? Whatever it may be. What do you love doing? What do you love to do? I love talking on the radio. I've done a lot of that in Muskingum. I love doing it. Sure, is it nerve-wracking at times? Yeah, I, I, I get nervous, but that's because I care and I love it so much and I and I don't want to mess up and you know, I've got all this equipment that I'm looking at and I understand a lot of it, but there's some stuff that I still don't fully get, but I love learning about it. And that's what I love to do and I love doing this podcast. I love, you know, writing a, some show stuff together and and coming in here and hopping on a mic and and just doing it. You know, I just I just think it's fun. You just hop on and talk for 45 minutes an hour. And sure I may I may seem crazy to some people. I'm just sitting here talking to myself for an hour. There's no one sitting across from me except for the odd episode or two. But that's fun, you know, and that's kind of what I want to do. I want to talk on the radio. I just want to give my thoughts and opinions on sports. And if Kyler Murray wants to go play baseball, he should go play baseball. That's basically what my point is. I do what you love doing. I couldn't see myself doing anything other than radio. When I graduate college, Kyler Murray right now can't see himself doing anything other than baseball. He wants to go play baseball. baseball. He doesn't want to play football. What do you love to do? What drives you when you wake up in the morning? That's really the big question here. And I think if you could be a first round pick in both baseball and football, it comes down to what do you love? Because the money is going to be there no matter what. It'll be there no matter what. If you're a first-round talent in both. All right. So I want to shift gears now over to the NFL. Um, Week 17, like I said, I mean, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Playoff seedings are not totally set. We have teams that have clinched the playoffs, but seedings... Uh, haven't officially been, you know, set for some, some spots yet. Um, but before I get into some of that, Adrian Peterson, and I kind of just wanted to touch on this briefly. He just rushed for a thousand yards last week, got over a thousand against the Tennessee Titans at age 32. He's one of the oldest running backs in NFL history to run for a thousand yards in a season. And I just think what Adrian Peterson has overcome over the years you know he had he had to sit out a season with a torn ACL he had the suspension with um that incident with his son and you know he went to the Saints and with that with Kamara and Kamara excuse me and and uh Mark Ingram and then he was traded to the Cardinals and had a little bit of success there and then had no job to start the season and Darius Geis went down for the Redskins and they called Peterson and Peterson came in and, and produced for the Man, and he was a workhorse and at his age to do what he did, I've got a lot of respect for that. He still says he's got a lot more left in the tank and after this season, I believe him. Adrian Peterson is a hall of famer. He doesn't want to quit. He doesn't back down from the challenge. He still wants to prove that he's the best running back in the league. I mean, he's not, but he's, still probably maybe borderline top 10 back right now with just the way he's been able to do stuff, fight through injuries. The man's incredible. And he's right now he's, he looks like he's got a lot more fuel in that tank than a lot of people realize. All right. So a couple of things I want to get into. I want to start off uh, with my Ford food chain for the final week of the regular season. This will be the second to last Ford food chain I do for the NFL this season. We'll have the one going into week 17, and then we'll do one of all playoff teams heading into the wildcard round. So we're going to start off with that and then then we'll get into some Week 17 matchups. We have a lot of ones to predict that actually have some playoff implications on them. And a lot of things you know can go either way. A lot of things can happen. And it's, it's interesting. It's really interesting. But first we're going to start off with the food, Ford Food Chain. Top 10 teams in the NFL heading into Week 17, the final week of the regular season. We're going to start off with number 10, the New England Patriots. Um, uh, Tom Brady is, you know, he's taken a step back in the last couple of weeks. He's starting, a lot of people think he's starting to show his age. I disagree. I think this is due to the supporting cast he has around him. I think it's the worst supporting cast he's probably had in 18 years. Gronk is a shell of himself. Julian Edelman is way past his prime. They lost Josh Gordon, who was a huge deep threat for them over the middle and on the outside. And you know, defensively they just don't have any pass rush. They don't have a good defense. Now they're they likely may have a home game in the in the playoffs. They may have the second seed. We'll certainly have the third seed at worst. But they'll definitely have they'll they'll host a playoff game for their first playoff game. And then they could potentially host another one for the divisional round if they land that second that second seed in the AFC. And I think that's the only way they can win football games is if they're hosting in the playoffs. If they, if they have to go on the road, they're likely going to lose, I think. And with the way that really the team's been playing over the last month, I don't like where they're at, but it's the Patriots, it's Tom Brady, it's Belichick. I can't count them out. And that's why I have them at 10. Number nine is a wild card hopeful, the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, Andrew Luck has been playing lights out this year. My pick for the for comeback player of the year. He's a MVP candidate in my mind, and according to value, I would pick him over a lot of guys. Um, but the but the Colts, man, they they started off, you know, kind of poorly to the season but they've been on an absolute roll recently they've won 9 out of the last 10 games and you know a lot can happen this week 17 they're going to have to win their game to you know possibly secure a spot in the wild card they i think they actually could even still win their division it's really that crazy how the AFC is right now especially the AFC South the Indianapolis Colts have you know, a good offensive line. Andrew Luck has not been sacked that often this year. Andrew Luck's been playing well. The defense has been playing better than people expected. This is a team that can make some noise in the playoffs if they get in. Number eight is the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson's four and one as a starter. Beat the breaks off of Phillip Rivers and the Chargers last week. And Philip or er, er, Lamar Jackson does miss some throws. Obviously, he's not very refined in his in his passing game but i think the most important thing is he's winning games and he's using his legs less frequently and more when he needs to uh, instead of you know all these designed runs and so i think he's starting to learn how to play how to be better and they're winning football games man they're winning games i mean you can't argue against wins a lot of people say Dak Prescott is a terrible quarterback, but he's actually got the third highest winning percentage among active quarterbacks in the NFL since 2016. <laughs> I mean, you can't argue with wins. You can argue about numbers all you want, but that only number that matters is if you win the game. And that's what Lamar Jackson's done so far. And with their defense, one of the best defenses in the league. This is a team that I definitely wouldn't want to play. And this is probably the most scary the, the scariest team in the AFC as far as playoffs go. I this is the one team I would not want to play. Number seven, I'm gonna put the LA Rams. Um they, they've you know they're uh, they're a really talented team. Let's just say that. They're really talented, they've got a lot of, of pieces that when they all play together. They're probably one of the best teams in the league, top three. But defensively, they have a lot of guys that just don't play well together that often. They kind of do their own things. They kind of freelance a little bit. Todd Gurley has been battling a knee injury this whole season since week one. Jared Goff has really regressed, I think, and Sean McVay hasn't been inspired with his play calling. And I think with a week's preparation. Being that number two seed, I think it's going to really benefit the Rams. But I I told you, I hopped off them about a month ago, and I think they're, they're a good team. They certainly have the talent to make it to the Super Bowl, but I don't think they will just because they don't play well together. So I've got them in seven. Number six, Seattle Seahawks. I think Russell Wilson is having a heck of a year. He's also... An MVP candidate in my eyes beat the chiefs last week in a thrilling game, and the Seahawks have really improved their offensive line they've really you know secured that up front the running game it's the it's the best running game in football they've they're the highest rushing team in football with that trio of backs um, and even Russell Wilson chips in a little bit with his legs. Doug Baldwin is finally healthy he's emerged this season. And defensively, they've got a bunch of no names, but they play good. They're a stingy defense. And this is a team, this is the team in the NFC that I wouldn't want to play in the playoffs. And, you know, Ravens and Seahawks, those are my two teams that I absolutely would not want to play um, if I was any team. Number four, these are, or sorry, not number four. We, skip, we skipped five. Can't do that. Number five, I've got the Dallas Cowboys. I was coming back to what I said about Lamar Jackson. You know, Dak Prescott wins games. He's <laughs> got the third highest win share, winning percentage among active quarterbacks since 2016. And that's, you can't argue with that. And they've got the best front seven in the league Jalen Smith and. Leighton Van Esch are the best linebacking duo in the league. Secondary is underrated. Really young. And offensively, the, I mean, the Cowboys have struggled. They haven't played that well on offense. They haven't been consistent. Scott Linehan has not made great play calls. But with the defense playing the way that they do, and the offense showing some glimmers of, of uh, consistency at times, I think this is a team that can beat anyone. They beat the Saints, they can beat them again, they can beat the Rams, they can beat the Bears, they can beat anyone. I think they can beat anyone in football with as good as they've they've played in some games. It's just a matter of finding consistency and not starting off slow. Number four, these are my Super Bowl favorites. Usually these four teams are the teams that I feel most confident in in making the Super Bowl. Number four, I've got the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the, my only concern is Patrick Mahomes says, you know, he's lost every game in what is considered some of the biggest games of the year. Uh, he's, he lost to the Seattle Seahawks. He lost to uh, Phillip Rivers and the Chargers a couple of weeks ago. Um, but he's lost some big games, but he's also won a lot of big ones. And he, you know, he beat the Ravens, which the Chargers struggled with. And Pat Mahomes is young. I think, yeah, you know, I think he's gonna win the MVP. He's an immensely a, a talented player. Damian Williams, filling in for in Kareem Hunt's absence, has been absolutely outstanding at the running back position. And you know they've got all those weapons, and it's just it's gonna be hard to beat them when their offense is working like it does. And of course, like I've mentioned many times, their defense worries me. But I think with that offense. It's going to be hard to beat them, and they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. Number three, the Chicago Bears. Best defense in the league. One of the best in the league. A turnover ratio, scoring defense. I mean, that defense is just outstanding, and eight of their best players on the Bears are all defensive players, so it just speaks to how good How good that Bears defense is, and offensively, Mitch Trubisky's limited, but I think I think he gets it done. I mean, it's just he he wins games. They're eleven and four right now, and and you know it doesn't matter how you play the position. It doesn't matter if what the stats are. If you're winning football games, which the Bears have been doing. I mean, that's all that matters. And with that defense and the and Mitch Trubisky ha- showing, you know, that he can throw 300 yards and three touchdowns in a game at times, I think they're going to be a really tough out, and they're my pick to make it to the NFC Championship to play the Saints. And then number two, I'm going to drop the LA Chargers down a spot and put them at 2 which means the saints are going to be number 1. The Chargers, Phillip Rivers, that that whole roster has played really well. They got the breaks beat off them against the Ravens though, and that does worry me um just a little bit, but I still think they're the best roster in the league and they're still really loaded. And they're my pick to make it to the to the Super Bowl in the AFC and the number 1 is my NFC pick to make it to the Super Bowl, the the Saints the most balanced team with the run and the pass they've got a really really good defense and Drew Brees seems to be back on track he's going to be sitting out in week 17 just to keep him healthy since they've got number one seed locked up Teddy Bridgewater is going to be starting the game and that's a long awaited start for Teddy Bridgewater I'm happy for him and certainly should have a job starting next, next season wherever it may be um But yeah, the Saints are the best team in the NFL in my eyes right now, and then I would put the Chargers at number two. So that is the Ford food chain heading into week 17 of the playoffs, or week 17 and then into the playoffs. And then next week, once we have the final playoff picture set and we have all the matchups ready to go, I'll do one more Ford food chain listing the top, basically just ranking those eight teams as far as who's the best. So there is the Ford food chain, the second to last one of the NFL season. All right. So now week 17 is finally upon us. We've got some big matchups that, I mean, gosh, they can really shake up the seating in the AFC. And I'm not sure how all of this works. I, It's just so much. I watched NFL live the other day and they were going through like predicting games. And if you click on a game, it changes the playoff picture and it'll show you how it changes. And boy, it's, it is really, really crazy. But, um, so we've got, let's see, three, eight matchups here that we're going to, I'm going to predict that actually have playoff implications. They may be snoozers of games for you guys to watch, but they could have a huge impact on the on the seeding in the playoffs. So two huge games um, for the AFC North, the Bengals taking on the Steelers, and then the Browns taking on the Ravens. And Steelers have fallen out of the wild card. They're not even if the season ended today after week sixteen, the Brown or the Steelers would not be in the playoffs. Uh, they've and that loss to the Raiders really, you know, did them in. And they lost to the Saints last week. And, you know, right now they're in a win, and you're in plus a little bit of help situation. They have to beat the Bengals to get into the playoffs and they also need the Ravens to lose to the Browns. If the Browns, if the Ravens beat the Browns, and the Steelers win, the Ravens would still be in and win their division. And you know, a lot, a lot could happen here with those, with just those two games alone. And for Steelers and Bengals, I'm going to predict the Steelers are going to win. I really like the Steelers um in this spot although they have been really inconsistent at times and i just you never know but i i think the steelers are going to win they're going to be focused and they have to win to even give themselves a shot at the playoffs browns taking on the ravens browns beat them last time but flacco was was quarterback then lamar jackson is quarterback now i'm going to take the ravens in this spot I think the Ravens have just played uh, with Lamar Jackson, and a quarterback, they're much more dynamic. They're going to be tougher to stop. I would not be surprised if the Browns won with how well they've been playing of late, but I think the Ravens are going to win and hold those Steelers out of the playoffs. Also, if the Browns win, they'll have a above 500 season for the first time in like ever. That would be amazing if they... If they beat the Ravens and had a winning season. All right. Um, So Cardinals at Seahawks. This doesn't make that much of a. This isn't a huge, huge game, but it could impact seeding a little bit. So the Seahawks have already clinched a spot in the playoffs. It's just whether or not they're the five seed or the six seed. If they lose this game to the Cardinals, they would fall to the sixth seed in the playoffs, assuming that other teams win. But I'm going to pick the Seahawks in this spot. Uh, I think Russell Wilson is just playing excellent football. I'm taking the Seahawks. Now, we're going to move on to Bears taking on the Vikings. It's going to be in Minnesota. This is a huge game. This is a win-and-you're-in situation for the Vikings. Kirk Cousins has really, you know, squandered his opportunities in these big primetime moments. The Bears have already clinched the third seed. And win or lose, nothing happens for the Bears. But the Vikings are playing for a lot here. They're playing for a spot. Kirk Cousins is playing for his money. And if Kirk Cousins were to lose this game, I mean, that would be a huge disappointment considering what the Vikings did with Case Keenum at quarterback last year. And that would prove that they just shouldn't have gotten rid of Case Keenum. The Vikings are in a desperate situation. They need to win this game. I'm going to take the Vikings just because the Bears don't have anything to gain or lose from this game, win or loss. Now they could could try to win and keep the Vikings out, but I'm not sure if they're going to want to expend that much energy. So I'm going to take the Vikings in this game in a win-and-you're-in situation. Now Eagles at Redskins, this is another interesting one. The Eagles, for them to get into the playoffs, they would need to win against the Redskins and have the Vikings lose. In order for them to clinch that sixth seed. That wild, that final wild card spot for the NFC playoffs. I think the Eagles are going to beat the Redskins. They beat the Rams and the Texans two weeks in a row. I was wrong on both those predictions. Nick Foles has got this team winning. And it just leaves a lot to be said. I talked about this with Alec a couple episodes ago. It leaves a lot to be said when you know Carson Wentz injury prone hasn't been winning games nick Foles comes in and somehow rises them from their grave and their you know that coffin was almost slammed shut and now they they have a chance i'll, I'll be a slim one but they have a chance to make the playoffs and, and steal a spot i'm going to take the eagles in this game but i think the vikings are going to win so the vikings are going to take that last spot And then Chiefs at Raiders. Again, this doesn't really change much for the... Well, actually, it does change a lot for the Chiefs because I actually forgot a game on here. Chargers and Broncos, I'm also going to predict as well. Chargers, Broncos. Let me write that in here real quick. Um. So if the Chiefs lose and the Chargers win, Chargers take number one seed in the AFC playoffs... Home field for throughout, Chiefs are a five seed. And then vice versa, if the Chiefs win and the Chargers lose, Chiefs have home field throughout the playoffs, and the Chargers are a five seed. Chiefs are playing at, uh, I believe, at the Raiders. No, the Raiders are going to be playing at the, uh, excuse me, hiccup, at the Chiefs. I don't think the Raiders are going to beat the Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs are going to squander that opportunity. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. And then Chargers at Broncos. The Broncos beat them last time. But I don't think the Chargers are going to lose this game. I think they're going to keep that momentum. They're going to bring back some momentum heading into the playoffs cuz they're even if they lose, even if they win this game, I have the Chiefs winning, so even if they win, they're still going to be a five seed in the playoffs. They're going to need that momentum heading into the wild card. I'm going to take the Chargers. And I know this can be a very confusing with how some of this is going. I'm trying to explain it the best I can. But, yeah, so just bear with me. And then finally, the AFC South has some major playoff implications. The Jags are taking on the Texans. If the Texans win, they win the division. Colts are taking on the Titans. Right now, the Titans are in that sixth seed for the wild card. And the Colts are just on the outside. If the Colts beat the Titans, the Colts would be in at the sixth seed. Um, But, you know, it's just, there's so much going on. I just don't even know how to explain it. Um, But I'm going to start with and actually I'm going to explain this real quick. I don't know I'm not sure how the how it all works as far as who beats who and who gets in over who because of this win and that loss. But I saw something that if the Titans were to beat the Colts and the Texans were to lose to the Jags and I believe also the Patriots were to lose their game against I believe it's the Jets. The Titans would be the number two seed in the playoffs for the AFC. If those three things were to happen, they win, Texans lose, and the Patriots lose, they would be the number two seed in the playoffs. Because they're, they are—they beat the Patriots, and they would have the same record as the Patriots, so they hold the tiebreaker, they would be ahead of them. That would be absolutely nuts if the Titans were to be the number two seed in the playoffs. Totally crazy. Absolutely nuts. But I'm going to start with the Jags and the Texans. Texans have kind of fallen off a little bit. And notice I didn't have them on my Ford food chain this week. Blake Bortles is going to be starting the final game of the year against, uh, for the Jaguars against the Texans. I'm going to take the Jaguars in this game. I think the Jags are going to be trying to play spoiler. So we're going to write that in there. I'm going to take the Jags in this game. And then Colts at Titans. I think the Colts are just playing lights out right now. Mariota's coming off of an injury from last week, a stinger. And he's had multiple stingers this year. I'm going to take the Colts. And the Colts are going to land that final spot in the playoffs. They actually, I don't even know. The Colts could even actually, if they win and the Texans lose, could actually win their division i'm not even totally sure but it's wild and well you'll have to wait until next next tuesday after week 17 and that final playoff picture is set before i can go through it all with you i mean this is just wild man it's absolutely crazy i'm loving it i'm so excited to for this for this weekend of football uh we've got the college the college football playoff Semifinals tonight. We've got Week 17 on Sunday, and oh man, it's just a great time to be a football fan, sports fan, you name it. Oh man, absolutely incredible. But that's it for this week, guys. I hope you guys all had a great Christmas. I hope you guys all have a great New Year. Watching some bowl games, watching the semifinals, the NFL, you know, the NBA is starting to ramp up, and and you know, even hockey's in midseason. You know, so. Hope you guys are all enjoying that. Hope you guys all had a great Christmas once again. Hope you all have a great new year. We'll see you in episode 52 next week. It's WFS.